Sports is no longer just about the game itself. To be a success and to find fulfillment in the game, it takes more. The mental, relational, and cultural component has become more of a focus. No longer is talent enough. An athlete has to be trained in a holistic manner to reach their potential. Training the Complete Athlete provides a wide variety of interviews and informational podcasts for coaches, parents, and athletes to gain insight to reach a higher level of performance. So I'm excited this morning to um, welcome Susie Campbell uh, to talk to us a little bit about what it is to be a mom and a coach. She has been the head women's tennis coach at the University of Portland for 27 seasons, which is unheard of these days. You know, coaches jump around. So for you to have such an investment in a program um, says a lot and, and you have seen a lot at the same time. But you're also raising three kids, uh, all involved in different activities. And so I, I really want to talk to you kind of the mix of what it is to raise high performers because your kids are athletes, but they're also involved in other activities, um, which is it, which is great and does give that li- life of balance. And we also do want to talk about just having a balanced life. So Susie, I'm excited to, to talk to you and help our listeners understand that sports is more than just X's and O's. It's a lot about the overall development of our children and our, our student athletes. So welcome to the show. So tell me a little bit about what it is to raise three kiddos um, in different activities, and they're all high, you know high achieving, high performers. So what is that like to be doing? Um, well, I mean, it's it starts at a very young age, but you know you never really know how things turn out, and you never know how good a job you do until the proof is in the pudding in the very end. You know they're still all they're all still becoming at this point. So my oldest, Jasmine, is twenty two. Um, and she was a high-level volleyball player, basketball, and then volleyball player, was a high school All-American and, and uh, played in college at the highest level, um, is a U- USC Trojan, and then is playing professional volleyball in Germany right now. Um, my middle daughter is a, um, is a performer. She's a, an actress and a singer. Um, she is starting her first year at uh, USC as well as a Trojan, and she is um, studying acting and film. And then my youngest, 14, Gavin, is an eighth grader, and he will, uh, you know, we'll see. He's showing some passion for basketball and has played a lot of baseball. So, um, you know, we're not really sure which direction that will go for him. But, um, yeah. So, like I said, it starts at a very young age. And I think the philosophy that I have, similar to the way I was raised in this large Catholic family of seven, we were given the opportunity to... um, try everything you know we played every sport we were involved in music we were involved in choir we were involved in um in uh in the community um and i think the balance that i had growing up um even though i achieved at a high level in sport um was important to me and i carried that through when i when i um you know began parenting my kids and so yeah, so that's how it starts. You just provide, you know, opportunities for them, and then, um, and then you see what sticks. Are they a team player type of kid, or are they an individual sport type of kid? Um, what's their aptitude? Um, what gets them excited? Um, so providing all of those opportunities for them, and then as a parent, you just pay attention. You pay attention to, um, to you know, what are they owning most? What are they most uh, enjoying? And then, you know, you hope that the passion comes through at some point. Um, and, and then at that point, it's your job as a parent to, to surround them with the best possible people you can, 
the village that's going to mentor them and get them uh, where they need to go, whether it's, you know, technically or just, um, you know, emotionally in the sport or in, or in the activity. And then you let the coaches do their job and you just, you know, you, you just find out as much as you possibly can about their activity, um, their sport, and then, uh, you know, get involved. Once again, I'm saying not get involved in the coaching piece, but get involved in how else you can support them in what they're doing. How has it been, because um, I get this question a lot, to have one of your children not pursue athletics after high school, you know, that she chose theater. Um, everybody looks at me and says, okay, you have a daughter that isn't playing sports at all and is just a theater nerd, as she refers to herself. And I always say, I love it. I love having something that I know nothing about. So how was it to um, have that experience of, a, of your child choosing something completely different for their long term than what you have grown up in and then also chose as a career? Yeah, so I, interesting that I, um, because we had both music and sports in my family, that it seemed normal to me. Mm -hmm. um, so that part, piece of it wasn't that unusual. Um, so... But what I will say is my daughter, Kenzie, she, she has a sport, she has a t-shirt that says acting is my sport. So she has grown up with two, her, both of her parents are coaches, division one coaches. And so she has, and been involved in sport her whole life as well. But it was a very early age that, um, that, that she showed aptitude and passion for, for acting and music and composing and um, instrumentation and all of that. So so we knew that that was going to be her path. She knew that that was going to be her path. And so it, you know, by the time, you know, graduation hit it, it, it's not surprising at all. I think that she'll always enjoy sport in some way, uh, whether it's intramural or, you know, whatever it is, she's been exposed to a lot of that. But um, so that, that wasn't necessarily a surprise. I would say that anything much like the tenets of, of uh, success in anything that you do, um, it's across the board. It transcends sport. It transcends, you know, theater. I would say the thing that's most different about sport and theater is, at least in the program that she was at in, at Jesuit, is it's just so community and so inclusive. And, and there is competition within it, but there is, um, it, it's so much more supportive, the environment, than, than the cutthroat sports, you know, world. So, um, so if anything, I'm like, wow, that's that's been really cool for her where my oldest daughter, you know, it was just, you know, it was constant competition and um, and stress and, and you know, that high level um, clawing to get where you want to go. And that's one of the things I have seen the difference. And it's kind of something I wish we could take from the arts and move into sports is watching these kids like after uh, roles are given and everybody finds out who they are, the support definitely comes in, right? They're not trying to take positions. They're not trying to get recruited. It's how do we make the best product and how do we have the best experience? And I, I wish we could take that from the theater world and put it into sports. I think that kids would have a, a better overall experience. And it's been very eye-opening sitting behind um, the scenes and watching kids develop in theater as opposed to being on a field. It's, it's a very big difference. Um, but it is fun to watch your kid go into something that 
you are that you get to learn about and you talked about getting involved and as i say it's that balance of getting involved i always say there's parents that get involved in the absolute best way and then there's parents that get involved in a harmful way so talk about how what the quality of involvement looks like as opposed to when you're going to hinder your kids experience yeah that is uh, that is so important um, and I have seen it both ways in my own family. So my oldest daughter did something she didn't enjoy for a long time. Okay. We, and there was pressure um, surrounding her and she felt she would disappoint a lot of people. She was one of the best basketball players in the state and she just did not enjoy it. But everyone else was telling her how great she was. Right. And she had, uh, so she spent a lot of her time doing that and experiencing the pressure around her to a point that it was debilitating. So it, it, we, you know, there was counseling involved, there was um, you know, a lot of pain um, and emotional toil um, to get to a place where she removed herself from something she didn't like. And that came from that pressure we're talking about um, until she, she found volleyball and found something that she could own herself. So I think the, what it looks like much like I talked about earlier, is allowing, um, as a parent, you provide all those opportunities to see what sticks, right? Where's their, where does their passion lie? And then you, as a parent, learn as much as you can about it. Who's involved in it in the city? What offerings are, do they have so that you could go view some of the best? Um, what mentors can you, can you surround them with? And all along, though, um, you know, as we talk about being, um, you know, good at something you need or great at something, you need that 10,000 rep, uh, reps and you need that, that time spent. So all along while you are um, building that village and those mentors around them, they're still doing reps. They're in their dance classes. They're in their, like for Kenzie, she's in her triple threat. She's in dance, ballet, jazz, right? And everything that she would need to use in theater. She's at the children's theater, you know, doing, doing um, shows. So all, all along, not knowing where it's gonna end up, it's about, it's about growth, it's not about the result. And I think that's what's different in, you know, it, like we talked about, it's all, when parents are involved in the result and the pressure is there for that result to be there, it, it hinders growth. And, um, and so I've, we saw it in our own family. Um, Jasmine, here she is, you know, 22, playing at the highest level of volleyball. Um, she's on the national team, all of that. She still struggles with, with winning, you know, and making sure that that, that doesn't define her um, because she felt like it did for a really long time. So, um, so get involved, um, you know, like you say, you know, in theater with your Daughter, you are uh, behind the scenes. You're working on the sets. You're, I mean, I volunteered. I volunteered at the concession stand. I was the concession mom for, for three of the four years, just so that I could be part of it without, um, you know, without over, overindulging and overdoing and feeling like she, she was experiencing my judgment. I would say one more thing that's very, very important is to, um, to not have dinner discussion and not bring it into the house after they do their activity. So um, too many times, too many years were spent, I know at our table talking about basketball, talking about who's who, talking about how you did, talking about, and that is not the space for it. So I think leave the activity where it is, leave the sport where it was, leave the show where it was, 
and be, you know, their biggest supporter, their biggest fan. Um, but, uh, you know, shelf the discussion at dinner, you know, help them be a, a whole person. Well, and one of the things I see even like in high level uh, academic students, I work with a lot of high level academic students is they focus on that result, like you said, the grade or the scholarship or the big part in a play and they miss the experience. I, I was sitting with a kid um, and she, I mean, she's probably going to be a surgeon at some point. And I said, you know, when you look at, at school as I'm just going to learn as much as I can the grades usually take care of themselves. And that was like this whole new concept. And I said, when I went to grad school, I just wanted to learn as much as I can. And I, I wasn't switching jobs. And we have gotten away from what the experience looks like. Because when I look back on my time, I think of all the fun things and the challenging things, not, oh, great, I got this scholarship. That was just, I, I would say that was just a, res it was a result, but that's not why I played every day, right? Scholarships and stuff are great, but they, they don't pull you through the days when your body hurts or when you're playing, you know, your sixth game in the hundred degree heat and it should still be focused on the experience. What are they gaining? Cause you probably see it in your kids that are, are young adults that they have become the people they are through sport, even if they weren't playing anymore or they weren't training in, in their passion, they still have become the individual they are because of sport. Well, that's exactly right. And, and the other concept, you know, definitely, you know, learn as much as you can and be, be present in the process, there is no losing. It's winning and learning. And that's one thing that, you know, I, I experienced, I mean, my oldest daughter did a lot of winning. Okay. She did a lot of winning. She was winning all the time, but there was um, the struggle to find a balance in her life. So that was her challenge. Um, my middle daughter, um, you know, it was devastating to sit with her when she didn't get that part. It was devastating to, 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 as a parent, to see your, your kid suffer. But let me tell you, that is the growth. That is where the growth, the kind of the engine inside starts to rev. The passion really starts to build. So two, two instances, one, when my daughter, oldest daughter, she, trans, she was a varsity basketball player at Jesuit her freshman year. And then she tried out for volleyball. She's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Never had played, okay? So then she's 6'3", she's a big girl, so something good's going to happen maybe. But her freshman year, um, they, were, they were the state championship team, and so she sat on a bench, of which she has never sat on a bench in her life for an entire season, to a point where the bench was almost good or better than the state championship team. So that grew this seething, I will never sit again experience for her. And she, the most growth I think happened when she was having to watch and not able to do. That every parent might say, that's awful, that's not fair, she's amazing, but you know, let them sit in it. Let, but be with them, right? I mean, my, you know, not getting the part, honey, I'm so sorry. That's probably not, you, you know, you probably weren't exactly, they had something in mind they were looking for. And you know what, that doesn't mean you're not amazing. Um, and so uh, that, but that constant rejection, you know, has built character in her and she gets it, she understands. And it doesn't mean she's going to feel that again, but that's like building your character and your, the integrity inside and the passion for what you're doing. So I, I don't know. I, I think more than anything, just to allow those um, those difficult times to happen without 
comment or judgment and just be present with your kid as they're going through it because that is life. And so later in life, when those things happen, as I talked to my oldest about, just yesterday, we had this long conversation about how, how difficult it is where she is right now. And because of those times in life that, you know, this is paying dues and it's going to be difficult and I'm in a different country and no one speaks my language and I'm by myself and I'm in a pandemic and now I'm um, quarantined. And so it's like, okay, now who else are you besides a volleyball player? Like, and so she's like, yeah, mom, I, she's an artist. She's always been a sketch artist. She is getting um, passionately into uh, uh, cooking. And so some things that she recognizes in her life, thank God she had those, because you have to make sure that you can be a whole person when you're just by yourself and isolated. Well, and, and that's true. I think the hardship, I, I'm, I'm really big about kids suffering. Um, my, when my son, I think he was five or six and, and he, life has always been pretty easy for him. And I said, you don't suffer enough. And he looked at me like, what parent says that to their kid, right? But it's one of those things I always say, I'm like, you're going to grow through the, through the struggle. Right. And if you never struggle, there isn't going to be growth. And I often say to parents, if you never let your kids struggle, they're still going to end up on my couch for counseling because their, their back's going to be against the wall at some point and they're not going to be prepared. You know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about not getting the part, uh, we went through something similar this year and, and it actually helped my daughter learn what type of, uh, characters are best for her. So that, that not getting the part made her look and go, you know what, I'm really meant for this. And it also helped her see, and the person that got the part I wanted is awesome and she's great at it and they become super good friends. So it also can open doors for kids to say, hey, you know what, I've learned about myself and I also see what gifts the person next to me has to get that part. And that's so important. One, one of the, the things that uh, my assistant used to say it was, you know, compete and support. And I've had some athletes do a great job about it, that they compete during the weekend and support on the weekends. And, and that's so important because yes, you want that job, you want that position, you want that role. But once that is decided, coaches decided, directors decided, you got to let go and support the people next to you. And I think that gets missed a lot. Like even sitting on the bench, you can choose to be a grumpy person on the bench, or you can choose to be a great support on the bench and make your time really beneficial. Right. And I, I see that different, different with people because uh, you know, I was injured. So I spent a lot of time on the bench and I always felt I was a better athlete coming out of that than if I would have played the whole time. Right. Oh yeah. No, I, I agree with that so much. And, um, very difficult in my situation, creating a team atmosphere out of a individual sport. Okay. Yes. They've been taught in their life. They've chosen an individual sport for a reason. They are not looking to support the next person. Next person, they are. They're in it to win it, right? Mm -hmm. They're gonna train alone, win alone, win the title alone, right? Um, and so that is my biggest charge in life. Uh, biggest challenge is to make sure that there is a sense of team. There's a sense of compete and support. Mm -hmm. um, that's a great way to say it. And um, and it it. And, and it I see the same issues and challenges with some athletes, you know, that, um, that struggle with still that formulating their identity between 18 and 22 um, and it, it not being wrapped up in a result. Mm -hmm. And that's really, you know, the higher the level, the more it gets that way. Mm -hmm. um, even to a point where, you know, we, we thought we were 
on the cutting edge, you know, we got live streaming, one of the first in our conference to get live streaming, which you would think would be so fabulous, like amazing, right? Well, not so much for the internationals who don't want to look up in the camera and know what their parent is saying to them as they're playing. So here I'm thinking, that's amazing. We can bring your family, you know, internationals closer to us. And they're like, for God's sakes, no, okay? <laughs> I know what they're saying to me. I can't even play knowing that they're watching me. So, you know, um, so it's just interesting that, you know, having a kid, an athlete, actors, whatever, own what they're doing and not look for judgment. You know, I make sure one thing, another on the, on the parent to-do list. I don't make eye contact with my kids when they're doing something. I've never made eye contact with them. Every time they look to me, I'm looking somewhere else. I am not going to engage them in eye contact when they are. They should be engaged in what they're doing and looking to their coach or looking to the director, looking to someone else but me, you know, because I may be the safe person, but I need them to go back within and, and sort it out. So um, those, are, those are a few nuances you can do. <laughs> now as a coach, I need you to look at me, okay? <laughs> Uh, right here now, this is what we're doing, okay? And I give that confidence, and I and I make sure that I they they and I both know what needs to happen next. Um, but when I'm in that uh, the parenting role, no way, no eye contact whatsoever. Um, that, that's hilarious to me about the whole live stream and live stats. It's it's a concept that actually has bugged me because um, two reasons. You know, I, I love just at the end of the game, I could just call my parents and say, hey, you know what, this is what happened in the game, and I didn't have to relive everything because they didn't know. Right. Um, and even as a coach, I would call they're like, Hey, great game. I'm like, Oh, I don't even get to tell you that we had this big win. You're, you know, all these things. So sometimes I'm like, Oh, live streaming. It doesn't give you any buffer anymore. Um, you know, one of the things too, with, with parenting kids and then looking to you, cause I see that all the time within my clients with just being around kids all the time is even at a young age, it's good for them to learn that they don't always have to look to you. And so it's like, have them order food young, right? Like have them be the one that orders. Cause my kids would look at me and I'm like, you can talk to them just as well as I can. Right. So they, their first instinct isn't always to look to us. You know, it could be like, I know I can do this. I have the confidence to do it. And, um, my parents don't always have to rescue, you know? So those are good things. Even when kids are young is like, give them the tools to do life for themselves to the best of the, to the best of their ability. And that's so interesting you say, once again, just talked to Jasmine about that very subject yesterday. And that is, you know, as, as a mom, very busy mom traveling and coaching and teaching some tennis also and raising the kids and doing everything I was doing, like caring for a home and you name it, right? And getting, being a volunteer and involved. I, I just didn't have, so going to the grocery store was like, <laughs> there are no kids involved in that situation, right? I am going, I am getting it done. I am coming home. I am cooking the meal. I am, do, right? And so speaking with her, it's like, you know, she is adulting on every level, okay? And she recognizes how much she took for granted that there's always food in the fridge. And there's always, you know, and she's trying to impart that on my, my middle daughter, like, why are you complaining? It's so easy for you. Blah, 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 blah. You know? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let her go through her process too. You know? But I, I have friends that didn't have necessarily a, a full-time job that did have their kids in tow at the grocery store and are very capable of all of those things that I didn't provide the teaching to my own children. And I'm like, you know what? 
eventually they'll have to get it. Eventually they're gonna have to learn. So it's good to expose them, I think, to things, but the reality of life is sometimes it doesn't happen. That, that is absolutely true. Like I used to say, sometimes my kids became evil every time we walked into Kohl's, right? I don't know what it was. I have very easy children. Kohl's, they pump something into the air, even though I love Kohl's, so we went a lot. And so um, there'd be days I'm like, I'm going to Kohl's and you are not welcome. Uh, I love you, but you're not welcome. You know, I think, I think my husband does a better job about the teaching. Cause I joke with my kids, I go, do you think magic just happens? Do you think this Halloween party just happens? You know? And so now they're like, so this year I'm like, you're picking up Halloween. And they looked at me like, what? I go, sorry, dude. Like I create it, you clean it up, you know? So it is, it, cause that is sometimes I'm like, oh, it's just easier to do it myself. Cause when, when you are a busy working parent, it's get in and get out. So everybody actually can be fed and you are semi-functional. Um, it, it is, it is very true. Um, so what are things that you see? Cause as I say, you've seen the full gamut from raising kids to coaching collegiate athletes. What do you see in kids that are coming into, um, college? And we talk about the life balance, right? You know, that I, I'm an athlete and I, I struggle with my clients a lot about you are an athlete, but we need to you to focus on being more than that. So do you see a lot of collegiate athletes coming in and being so one dimensional? Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Well, you almost don't get to where you are at the highest level at division one without having sacrificed a lot. Right. And that sometimes that ends up being that whole person and, but not necessarily so. So I was one of those people that was a whole person and was a two-time all American and was able to, you know, accomplish those things and not have to feel as though I, I missed out on life. I feel as though my parents did an amazing job of providing all of those opportunities. Um, and so that's really the key. I mean, I think um, there, I say more Americans versus international players. Um, uh, the Americans are more well-rounded, I would say, at, at least the mid-major level mm -hmm. versus the internationals are just, you know, this is just what they do. They have been trained from a very young age to be professional. And if they are, not they don't get to that certain level it's kind of like they go to u.s college as a flunky kind of idea you know so they're really trained to be the professional only um so their work ethic and their mentality is very narrow um so my job and i think a job that i have um, done decently well over the years is to provide that opportunity that opportunity for as a full person so we do the community service as a team we um, we engage in all sorts of in SAC. We're always very involved in this in the student athlete advisory council. Um, we find ways to be involved in other ways. We we definitely have mental huddles that we um, you know we I, I provide every possible way that they can learn about themselves, not just you know on the court. Um, so X's and O's, yes, that's present. Uh, the training is present. The lifting, that all that is present but the balance of giving to others and to, um, to looking within and growing as a, you know, and, and introspection and, and learning about yourself is, is at the forefront too. So I think it's fairly four pronged, you know, and then there's also where I'm at a Catholic university. So it's, you know, spiritually based, not everyone is, but you have that opportunity. We have a chaplain on our team who's fabulous, father Charlie. And so there's always that Avenue to pursue as well. So I think that that, that um, you know, is inherent in what that culture is for me at the university and something that makes me really enjoy my job. 
um, as a parent, I try to do that same thing with my kids. Um, it's really monitoring that, making sure those buckets are filled. And then, um, of course, I was uh, lucky enough to have that experience as a kid um, growing up. So, um, you know, that you, it's not either or. You can, you can have all and you can be all and you can be a healthy, um, you know, learning, growing, achieving student athlete. I'm I'm 100% with that because I I know for me um, I had to get a lot of new hobbies after I got injured and I I went to school in the land of hobbies so I think that's one of the the reasons I have a million hobbies because I was trying to find things to do and keep uh, almost build a new identity when I did get injured um, and sports all come to an end it, even if you become a pro athlete we we all retire at some point. And the biggest struggle I see in, in student athletes is when they don't have it anymore and they don't know what else to do with themselves. I, I was talking to a, an alumni who ended up coaching with me, has a great job, loves her job, but still struggling with the non-competitiveness, the non-team factor. And she's 30, right? And so you do see that in, in student athletes. And that's why I always tell parents, have your kid be engaged in other things. You know, they are more than their sport. Because when I say that to student athletes, they look at me, they're like, what? You just said I'm more than my sport. I go, you're a human being first. You're you're an athlete second. And that is a very important message for our kids to, to understand. Because if the sport disappears, they feel like they're just nothing. It's just darkness for them. And so the best thing we can do is contribute to their overall well-being. And one of the other things I really want both parents and coaches to understand is giving up a little training time to get some of that balance is going to make them actually a better athlete. You know, when I see kids that are training 12 months out of the year, they burn out, they, their bodies blow out, they lose their passion. They don't, you know, they don't keep improving the kids that take that break, take that vacation, learn a, a, another skill usually are better athletes. Um, we see that in the transition from a lot of kids being three sport athletes to one sport athletes. And to be honest, I will always, pick the two sport to three sport athlete probably over the specialist anytime um, because they definitely uh, have a, a, a broader sense of, of, of balance. And I think that's really important as, as kids go on, especially as they go on to life after sport. Um, so uh, what are the, or uh, how, like, I guess leading into that, like with you being a kind of in a mid-major and you have played at, you know, and you've seen kids play at like USC that are these elite levels that probably don't have as much balance. What do you see different in the kids when balance isn't present? Yeah. Um, I, you know, a lot of mental health challenges, mm -hmm. um, a lot of self-management issues. Um, you know, I think the struggle comes, I think the, the most difficult year for anyone that's a student athlete is the year after their um, eligibility is up. Mm -hmm. And that year um, is, is so, um, you, you feel so lost. I, I, you asked me, you know, why, why softball your fifth year in, in college? And I'm like, that was my identity crisis. <laughs> you know, that was me being an athlete my whole life. And then someone saying, Oh, you know, you play softball. We have, we're down numbers, you know, let's come on out, give it a try. Oh man. Yeah. You're amazing. At the same time, you know, my brother's playing baseball at Oklahoma and I, I lose all those opportunities to watch him, you know, when I'm done with my sport. And so it's like, I had that identity crisis. Like I had to be part of something and then coming home, transitioning home, really difficult. You know, I think college is the most balanced your life can possibly be and the most simple it can possibly be um 
And so if you, if you make it that way. Um, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I have seen so the higher the level, the more resources these girls need because they have been, uh, they've lacked balance, um, to keep them going. You know, they need that. They need every possible, they need the sports psychologist. They need this, the counselor, they need, um, uh, you know, yoga, they need yoga. They need, uh, uh, someone to stretch them. They need a trainer. They need a fitness. They, their staff, like at USC, the staff support staff for Jasmine was endless. They needed a medical doctor at all times. It was endless, right? They, in order just to keep them going. Okay. The demand was so high on them. Um, and it's not that it's not, we provide those things as well at, at, to the, at the university of Portland, but from going from that to where she is now, that has no resources in that way and her needing to care for herself, not even having a physio work with her or anything, not having the ice bath, not having, I mean, it's like, wow, you know, learning to do it all on your own and to rely on yourself. That's so difficult. And then once again, you've got the identity crisis of, you know, where am I and who am I and, and what am I and how am I defined? And, and I think that is something that is very under, um, people don't focus on that portion. We, we graduate them, we launch them and, and then they disappear. And as I say, I I've seen kids take a decade to really recover. You know, I know for me, I went through a deep depression after, um, I, I got done playing after I got injured and people didn't go to counselors back then. Right. And I, luckily I found a counselor that had been an injured athlete and he was my saving grace. It's, it's one of the reasons I do what I do now. And, and all the coaches I talk to, especially at the higher levels, all they say is, I say, tell me about your kids. And they always talk to me about the level of anxiety and the, you know, demand for perfection is so severe and we are not built for that. And so that's the thing is, is why the mental health game has become so important with balance and having outlets that are outside their sport, that they can take a break and be something else that they're not so engulfed in their sport is extremely important. And if I, if nobody hears anything else from this podcast, it's if you are spending all your time with your kid training and no time, just letting them be that needs to be a big reevaluation. I always say, if your kid's hobby is occupying most of the time in the family, you need to reevaluate that, right? And so that that's one thing for for parents to to take take stock of of where their kids' sports or activities are engage or in the level of time and involvement in a family. It's it's lots of times that's what we do. And so if I say with COVID, one thing is maybe we've evaluated that it's not necessary, and there's this quality of life outside of sport. I, I, it's so true. And I feel like, um, you know, we have been able to find, find a way in our home to, to have at least one meal together a day, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's something that, you know, was difficult to come by when everyone was busy running in 10 different directions. Um, you know, I, let me see, I wrote a few things down. Um, just that, um, yeah, I think, like you said, family, I mean, being engaged in the family, what does that mean? Do some chores, you know, have some chores, have some things that you're responsible for, like, make sure you provide an opportunity for them to be engaged in the family and to go to the other siblings sporting events or the other siblings shows or whatever it is that, 
way that they can be you know, engaged in the family. This idea that uh, my mom always said, no, it's okay, you know, you're, you're, I never had you do too many chores because your school um, and, your, and your sport was your job, you know? And uh, I get that, but I also get that, um, and so I'm kind of grateful for that, but um, I didn't have pressure that way. But I realized that, you know, um, we sometimes parents tiptoe around, you know, what they're good at and, and even forget our own, our own growth and our own needs, you know, to, to kind of allow them everything at all costs. And I think that's something that I'm learning um, as I go um, is, is to make sure that they're aware that I'm a person too. The mom, the, the one who's running this ship is, has got needs as well, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, um, so I'm a lot of things to a lot of people, but first and foremost, this expression is like, um, you know, use so much, put your mask on yourself first before Absolutely. you can care for others or love yourself before you can love others. And I think as a leader um, of so many people like yourself, it's like, you know, we discount that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and in me doing so, um, that's actually teaching my kids to do the same. So it's not like, oh, you know, oh, I grew up with a, a mom who did everything, everything for us or a coach that was like so allowing. And it's like, no, 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 that's not the deal. I have to define my boundaries, but I also have to care for myself first. Um, and so that I have noticed, um, you know, my daughter's I'm starting to come back to me. And it's like the most beautiful thing in the world to hear someone say, you know, mom, you do so much for us. It's so good that you're taking care of yourself. And I've always seen that, you know, so that's good. Yeah, I, th- I think that as parents, we we neglect ourselves um, first and foremost. And actually, one of the best COVID stories is I, I got a phone call from a friend, and she's a former first team All American golfer, and and she goes, "I need you to talk to Ruby, her little one." And she and I go, "What's going on?" She goes, "She's having a hard time me leaving her, right? Because she's had her every second of every day during COVID, right? Because I mean, that kid has been raised by a village, so it was really not typical behavior." And so I'm sitting there talking to Ruby, and we're talking about filling up your bucket, you know, the concept of filling up your bucket. And I said, your mom really needs to get her bucket filled so she can fill yours up. And I go, and sometimes she needs to go to Target to fill it up. And she just kind of looks at me and I go, so maybe you should let your mom go shopping. And so she can fill it up. And so she's ready to be the best mom possible. And uh, my friend was laughing. She goes, we need shirts that say that, you know, I, you know, mom needs to fill up her bucket at Target. I'm like, sometimes, you know, it's mini mom vacations, but we do neglect those things to be able to be the best parent. And so we sacrifice that at, uh, at co- you know, at our own cost to, to support our student athlete or our, our theater kid. And we do need to show and model that balance is important and it does start with us, you know? Yeah. Well, Susie, I greatly appreciate this. I think this is so much good information that will give balance and maybe some sense of control back to, some parents and families that they can have great athletes, great performers, but they can also have balanced kids and quality families all together. It is possible to do it, it all, like you said, but sometimes things have to be sacrificed. Like maybe you give up that hour of training to have that dinner and in, and you are living proof that you can have these great exceptional kids and still make those the priorities. And I can't say how in, how needed that is right now, that life balance is actually going to contribute to higher performance than win at all costs, train at all costs is going to lead. So I'm very grateful for your insight, not only as a professional, but as a parent, because I think this is greatly needed, especially as we start returning to sport. And hopefully we can take some of the lessons of this time off 
and interject it into the next phase of whatever sport's going to look like um, when we get back to uh, the fields and the, and the course, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of silver lining to take with us uh, as we transition back to it. So uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, what you do is fantastic. And, you know, giving others an, a, a different perspective, I think that's fantastic. So um, thanks for allowing me to, to speak with you. Check out Train the Complete Athlete anywhere you can find podcasts or go to the website at www.trainingthecompleteathlete.com.